morning, church. Scripture reading this morning is from uh, Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 12. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible Translation. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to the sinners be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we give thanks for your spirit that fills our lives and saturates our world. And we pray that through that spirit, we will hear your word for us today. Amen. Uh, I know I, I mentioned this earlier, but it really is so good to be with you all this morning. It, it's, it's actually, it's been three years since we have gathered in person to worship on Easter morning at Urban Grace. Um, and, you know, most of that time we were online, but, but even since our return to in-person worship last summer, we've yet to have a Sunday like today where it feels like everyone is back. It, and so it's just, it is great to be with you today. And so knowing that, that this is sort of the first time everyone has kind of been back, I have a question. Why today? Like, why is today the day that everyone comes to church? And, and yes, I know it's because it's Easter. I'm not that daft. Uh, I, I know Easter is, is the biggest holiday of the Christian year when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Why does Easter, why does the Easter story matter so much? I mean, well, it matters because the resurrection reveals God's power over death. It matters because Christ's resurrection brings eternal life and salvation. But is that actually why we decided to come to church today? It is the theological concept of eternal salvation? Is it just 
so important in our daily lives that we can't help but celebrate? Do, do most of us feel like the, the resurrection is the absolute best thing about Christianity? The, the single part of our faith that transforms our lives, and that's why we're here today? Or perhaps do we come to church on Easter for other reasons? Like, good reasons, like, because our faith matters to us. Because our church community matters to us. And Easter is the day that we decided this is the day that we, we come to church. So we get dressed up, we sing joyful music, we see our friends, we take family pictures, and, and that's the main reason that we come to church this day is because, you know, we love church. And I'm not going to say that there is a right answer or a wrong answer to that question. Like, for some folks, their faith is all about the resurrection, and that's wonderful. And other folks maybe don't find the theology of the resurrection to be the most enthralling aspect of their faith. They're more into the other stuff, and, and that's wonderful as well. And maybe it's like a little weird to, to say this as a pastor preaching on the resurrection, but for most of my life, really, for most of my time as a pastor, I was in that second group for sure. Not that I didn't believe in the resurrection, it just didn't matter as much as some other aspects of my faith that really kind of had transformed my life. The, the foundation of my faith was God's presence by my side in suffering. The, the biblical stories that helped me understand myself better. The call to work for justice and liberation of all people. And, and the community here who helped me live a life of joy and meaning through spirituality and service. That was the stuff that really, really mattered to me. So Easter, it's great. It comes with Easter eggs and fancy clothes, and, and so I loved it. But the idea of resurrection wasn't really changing my life. But that's, that's changed. Resurrection has become just a, a really central and foundational part of really my daily spirituality. Now, resurrection matters so much to me personally, and this morning, I want to tell you why. And to do that, I'll, I'll start with our scripture, particularly the experience of the women who find the empty tomb. These women have been alongside Jesus every week, or for the last week, everywhere. They were with him when he carried the cross. They were with him as he died. They were there when Jesus was laid in the tomb. So when they arrive again at that tomb and Jesus is missing, the last thing on their mind is resurrection. The, the news that Jesus has been raised to them, it's just simply not believable. So when they can't believe, the angels tell the women to remember what Jesus told them when they were together in Galilee. Now, I just want to point out here that 
that the angels don't tell the women like where Jesus is so they can go and see him, which I imagine that's actually what they wanted to hear so that they could go and believe. And the angels, they also don't tell the women the theological significance of resurrection and eternal life, which is what the church often uses to explain to help us believe. Instead, the angels tell the women to remember. And I think that's because the angels know that resurrection is unbelievable. They know that resurrection has to be lived to be believed. So they tell the women to remember their, their actual lived experiences. Remember what daily life with Jesus was like. Remember what he said. Remember what he did. Remember how he raised their friend Lazarus from the dead. Remember so you can believe. It, it seems in, in this story that, that memory is what causes the women to believe. Memory is what makes the resurrection matter. So friends, I have good news. If resurrection doesn't feel relevant in your life, if it doesn't matter, if it seems unbelievable, just remember all the time you spent hanging out with Jesus. Just remember the last time you were at a funeral when the dead person got up and walked away. Just, just remember all the times you witnessed resurrection and you too will believe. Yeah, that doesn't, uh, it probably isn't that helpful. Which might be why the church rarely points to, to personal experience to explain why the resurrection matters. Like when, when I was taught about resurrection in church, no one encouraged me to remember the resurrection I saw in my daily life. Instead, I was, I actually, I was given theological answers about sin and sacrifice and salvation. And while those, those theological answers, they made sense, but they didn't really matter. Not in, not in my life. Like, as it was explained to me, resurrection was a thing that happened in the past that would affect my eternal future. But it didn't actually have that much bearing on my daily life. And that was such a missed opportunity. Because resurrection is not something that only happened in the past. Resurrection is not only a thing that awaits our future. Resurrection is around us every day. The, the historical event of the resurrection revealed what's always been true. The promise of new life in the midst of death not only for Jesus, not only in the afterlife, but for us here and now. And, and really, not just us, for all creation. The, the cycles of death and new life are intertwined throughout all of God's creation. Like, we see it in the earth seasons. Each year, 
the light fades and the days go cold and the lushness of our world falls away. Plants die and start to decompose and return the nutrients to the soil and water which create the conditions for new life to begin again in the spring. And, and not just like the plants, the earth, all living beings are a part of the cycle of death and life. Jesus actually, this is what Jesus uses to describe his own death. He explains that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it can only be a single seed. But, but if it dies, you know, then it, it falls to the ground. That seed germinates. A plant springs forth and it bears more food than that single seed ever could. And, and this is resurrection, the promise of new life amidst death. It's, the resurrection is the promise that death doesn't get the final say. And y'all, we need the promise of resurrection because death is all around us. And, and not just physical death. We experience the death of so many things in our lives that we love, things that we cling to, things we hope for. In, in these past few years, we have gone through so much death and loss. Like the loss of social gatherings, the loss of seeing family, the loss of a year of our kids' in-person education, the loss of the way things were. And, and it's not just, like, the kind of death I'm describing isn't all COVID-related. Like, when a relationship ends, when, when a job is lost, when a kid moves out of the house, when we realize that our hopes for the future aren't going to happen, like this is a form of death. We're grieving the loss of something we love. And in those moments, in the hardest times, our, our faith calls us to be present with our pain. Actually, to be present with the pain of our community. In the same way that God is present with us in our deepest pain. And that's hard. It is hard to stay present for the seasons of our lives when death is all around us. But, you know, ignoring the reality of death, it's, it's a denial of what it is to be human. And like just pretending that death isn't a big deal that is an insult to the loss of what we love. I mean, there's a reason that we spend a whole week, Holy Week, meditating, reflecting, focusing on the death of Jesus. It's a demonstration of love that really, that's only possible because of our belief in new life. I, th I think it seems to me that the only way that we can, like, lovingly embrace the reality of our world is by trusting in new life. At least that's the case for me. Um, 
four, like about four months ago, my, my brother-in-law, Mike, got real sick. And he had a genetic disease and he needed a new organ. And, and so my little sister, Bailey, came and stayed with us so she could see her husband in the hospital in Seattle. And, and COVID was going on and there were all the restrictions, but because I'm clergy, I was able to go to the hospital with her. And y'all, it was so hard. It, it felt unbearable to watch someone you love slowly die. And, and, and one night after a really hard day at the hospital, Bailey and I, we came home and we were just trying to cope. And, and, and so I shared with her something my therapist had told me when I was just in the midst of grief. She, she told me, Ben, it won't always be that hard. Like, if it were, it would be too much to handle. But you won't be in this spot forever. And actually, the knowledge that it won't always be this hard can give you the courage to stay present, to remain present to your grief. I mean, we, we, we also will flip into, like, spiritual talk, and I remember talking about just how trusting in the deeply spiritual cycles of death and new life, trusting that we can be present to death because we believe that new life will come, and, and trusting in, in the presence of new life, it, it gave my little sister Bailey and me, the courage to sit with what felt like unbearable pain. And, and I'll be honest, we didn't receive the kind of new life we were praying for. That, that would have been a new organ. And Mike died before a new organ arrived. So, so this, this season of death, I'm in one now, it, it carries on for my family. And in the midst of this death, we've found new life. I don't know exactly how to best describe it, uh, but, but being present with one another on our worst days, Bailey and I, we like found a new way to be siblings a way to be there for one another in our brokenness that we hadn't experienced before. So, so we actually just made a conscious decision to continue to lean on one another for support and love. Like, we had a conversation about it, about how we could, we could choose to reshape our relationship. So we committed to, to call more, to be more honest about how we're really doing. And in the midst of death, we found new life. And, and this might not be what we think of when we say resurrection, and this, this probably isn't the joyful Easter sermon I intended to write. Actually, I was even, I talked last week to a pastor uh, who felt this sermon might kind of undersell the theology of the resurrection, <laughs> of defeating death now and forevermore. But, but, 
But for me, that is not my experience at all. It's the opposite. For me, these deeply spiritual cycles of life and death that I see all around me in daily life, like that testifies to the central truth of the gospel. It, it helps the gospel story matter to me. It, it changes the way I go through the world, how I face the steamroller of life. Like in this season where we've all lost so much, the promise of new life has, has given me the courage to stay grounded and engaged. Life is hard, and I need to live the truth of resurrection so that I can believe the truth of resurrection. And, and when that's hard, when, when it just seems like too much, when I'm struggling to believe that new life will come, I need to know that this is more than actually just the wise words of my therapist. I need to know this is the central claim of the Bible. This is the heart of the gospel. I need to remember the, that, that this, this is enduring truth passed down through generations among millions of faithful people who have shared their deepest spiritual belief. That resurrection is not only a thing that happened in the past. That resurrection is not only a thing that awaits our future. Resurrection is around us every day. And this morning, we celebrate how the resurrection has revealed what has always been true. The promise of new life in the midst of death today, tomorrow, and every day, from here until evermore. Amen.